0: How would you say your mental focus is? Which focus?
1: I think, it's, I think it's I I have a look. Ah. This is you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, they're just a bunch of, like, crazy shit. I think we're turning into the podcast where we just bitch about education.
1: Dude, I mean, that's probably the the thing to bitch about, if I had to guess. If I had to pick one thing to bitch about, it'd be education.
0: Dude, I know. Have you ever talked to, like, some other people from, like, even downstate? I don't talk uh, to anybody, talk about, man. Like,
1: <laughs> the so worst, you've ever talked the to worst. yes Andy partner ever so you ever talk to anybody I don't talk to
0: anybody no no recluse <laughs> uh, but have you ever seriously like talked about people and and like compared your educational experiences like in social studies or like the ways that they were taught like slavery or the Civil War or Vietnam like you know what are any of those James things you just Philly? mentioned <laughs> Education. That's education in <laughs> Appalachia. That's an Appalachia product. No, the Vietnam War. <laughs> no,
1: but uh. Oh, uh, but it Philly. is crazy. It, yeah. So she.
0: So we we were comparing our educational uh backgrounds, and I was talking to her about high school in ninth grade when I took a world history class, and the world history class was taught by. Uh, a narcoleptic football coach, I guess, is the best way to describe it. Either a narcoleptic or an alcoholic football coach.
1: <laughs> we yeah, uh yeah, it's the wrong ick syndrome. He's definitely an alcoholic.
0: <laughs> but uh he he was at the time, I believe, like athletic director or something, whenever he was teaching world world history. And he would do this thing where it would be on the first day of class, you would come in and it would be two of the hardest pop quizzes you've ever had in your life. It like literally like wanting dates and times of stuff that you haven't even read. And and he was just like kind of a hard ass for like the first week up until like the ad drop period passed. Up until and his wife if left survive, <laughs> If you survive the ad and drop period... Then you were graced by the rest of the curriculum he had outlined for you, which was basically world history through Hollywood and cinema. Man, he showed us all kinds of shit. We watched, so get this, like we watched Troy and Gladiator and the Patriot as if they were historical representations. My worldview is Braveheart,
1: Lord of the Rings, Wrath of Khan. And Braveheart, Patriot. <laughs> oh God, it was that's literally hilarious. Like world- I mean, it, it it is crazy that those I mean over time, I don't know that and that that kind of speaks to you know where we are as a society, that history and civics, those are kind of typically your joke classes, or they were, you know, in, in our in my high school. That nobody really took that seriously, and I mean there are AP Mm -hmm. courses, the advanced courses or whatever, and but that's just such a disservice. That's so, you know i I get that. I get that some kids are you know need to be challenged, but that doesn't mean other kids need to have things omitted (laughs) or or just completely you know left to Mel Gibson. On some rollout cart <laughs> TV, you know.
0: Yeah, it was. It was the history of the world. I might be dumb, but I need to know the,
1: Yeah, it's just. I thought you were about to say the <laughs> syllabus just said after like week two, you know, the class is world history. It just has history of the world. Yes.
0: Like, <laughs> Dude, it was. That's that's the funniest thing ever though. Um, whenever I tell people about who like went to I guess had real experiences in those classes, they were like, my world history class was so hard. And I was like, that's probably like you learned so much more than me. I literally my, went there and went to sleep every my, day.
1: My world history uh teacher, he had a uh accident where his uh big toe uh, replaced his thumb on one of his hands. He had a... Yeah, a thoe. A thoe on what? his hand. Uh, yeah, apparently what I heard... Was is there a, lore? a A horse ripped it off. He had like a horse, uh, like a rope attached to a horse and the horse got spooked, it went off and it was wrapped around his thumb and it took his thumb off and a they cut it off his big toe and put it on his hand. I'd always try to look. But anyway, that class was a joke. And besides talking about that, we literally talked about uh, lawnmower racing. (laughs) I got your nose. (laughs) Lawnmower racing. I was just doing the
0: magic trick where where you remove your thumb. That's crazy. That must have been nuts. Was he a cowboy? No. Or was he just like He was just he was just roping roping horses. I'm gonna gonna
1: say, yeah, he he is a cowboy.
0: He's a cowboy. I'm gonna give him that. He's a cowboy. Did anything replace his toe?
1: No. I'd much rather have a thumb. I would much rather have a thumb than a big toe, though, you know? You would? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I mean like practically and like functionally, yes. Aesthetically though, man. What do you imagine? Is he just rocking Birkenstocks? <laughs> just like no imagine. toe out.
1: It's got like a callus. He's got athletic thumb or athlete's thumb. <laughs> His athletic thumb is thumb. probably
0: gnarly. That's funny. Why don't up. some of the I feel like that's an that's like a that's like an unfair advantage at certain things, man. If you got a thumb <laughs> like a toe. What,
1: I mean, what what can your what can you can you pick? I mean, I can kind of pick up things with my big toe. So I guess they're pretty interchangeable, but I feel like your thumb is, you know, I don't know. I ooh. All
0: I'm saying, all I'm saying is I think some of these professional athletes out there maybe need to look at getting their thumbs replaced with their toes. Getting them switched, I wonder if that could nice make his thumb more feet. perfect. <laughs> but think about a wide receiver with all big, big toes on his thumb.
1: Oh, you're Just saying that? Those balls. The, I'm t- saying since the toe in sometimes is bigger than the thumb, that would. My thumb, is, no, is that my not a universal? About, my toe's about the same. Well, no, it, yeah, it's much bigger. My big toe is much bigger than my thumb. Ew. No. So I'm saying,
0: get those wide receivers out there. They wouldn't drop any passes. I bet Tom Brady wouldn't be so damn mad
1: if his wide receivers like had thumbs. Those Hemingway cats. toes. Those, yeah, c- those cats extra with thumbs. With thumbs.
0: <laughs> Maybe that's what we should do. Maybe we should... Um, just fuck toes in general. Just put Dude, them all on your hands.
1: Go ahead. <laughs> Imagine
0: make, if you just had extra <laughs> make steroids in on each. Make,
1: make steroids legal and give them extra hands and feet. That, I'm that's, just saying. Bring you don't NFL need. By.
0: You don't need any toes, man. Just put them all on your fingers. That's what you I'm need saying. Toes or on your hands.
1: You fall no. over.
0: <laughs> you just tip I'm over. Saying, I'm saying, get better toes. Like, build that into the insole and the cleats. Have all your wide receivers out there get with those like the toes legs. in there. Yeah, I'm saying science has got to do something. If it can't make sports more entertaining to me, I'm not. I'm not going to be able to watch them. Man, it's it's unfair to watch a soccer match where the game seems so simple, but it's so damn hard to get that ball in that big goal.
1: That I mean, mean? yeah, yeah. My ADHD. It doesn't bode well to watch soccer. I mean, because it's just like something. It's just too little, you know. I got, I got to see some action. I got to see like in like NFL games the same way. You're scoring seven fucking points. I don't spare me with all defense. The defensive battles. I want forty touchdowns a game. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I want to see them throw a damn like I don't even know like a quinceañera type party in the end zone whenever they fucking score mariachi bands like everything <laughs> just bring it all out I want it crazy I want them to reenact like <laughs> Mel Gibson's the Braveheart whatever they walk into the end zone you know William Wallace <laughs> I'm tired of these bullshit rules let them have fun let them do it.
1: Should have know. an age and they should make like it should be you're in the NFL for life. You have to <laughs> die on the field. You, <laughs> you're like a it's like gladiator style. You're you're sold into in. the <laughs> NFL. It's like <laughs> Brett Farr is out there, you know, in a walker still just he just gets hit
0: the tightest ass ever in those Wranglers still. Like just the S- best.
1: Slinging bombs all jacked <laughs> up on stem cells and PEDs. <laughs>
0: his brain is like you can see it's like so uh mushed it's fallen out of his ears by this point <laughs> where he's just been nailed in the head so many It would times. have saved
1: the Democrats some money because Herschel Walker would still be in there. <laughs> Dude I hate to say it, but our our hopes and dreams of Herschel Walker
0: representing the great state of Georgia sadly came to an end. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. I mean, I don't know who's going to say more stupid shit than him. Like, He had some he had some gems throughout that and we looked at it on here. But there were honestly like too many moments where ugly babies, uh, (laughs) the ugly baby
1: was the highlight for me. (laughs) This erection is
0: for the people. I mean, he he is the embodiment of a mouthpiece that was just propped up by the conservative party in a state where I guess he doesn't even live. Like he actually lives in Texas, so like I guess he could just run for a house seat there and win, no problem. So maybe that's his that's what he should do. <laughs> Go it's to the just, state you
1: live in, dude. Yeah, it's just sad because I mean, and I don't know like obviously I don't know this, but uh, just like the trend of old football players, you know, and that heavy hitters like that. And like what was he running back, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah i mean taking hits to the fucking head dude like big hits and uh not to be insensitive about it it's just like i mean the dude has to have some kind of brain damage and it's like and it's sad that he was taken advantage of because i mean i obviously he's a fucking he's got some crazy fucking opinions and takes and all that kind of stuff but I don't know. Something about that kind of made me a little, you know, yucky just because Herschel is like one of those people that's just like you're too stupid to realize you're getting used, you yeah. know, and it's just mm-hmm. like that's sad. That's inherently yeah. sad. Yeah. It, and the way he
0: says some of his takes, because they're so ridiculous, it's almost like someone said them to him and it's like the game of telephone he just yeah. jumbles it all up and has no idea what he's actually saying by the end of it uh, because his brain and because of all that stuff going on. I mean, yeah, it is sad that he will never walk the halls of Congress, though. I mean, True. bullet dodged <laughs> the warlock one.
1: So. And it's sad. I mean, it was close. That's a sad mean, thing. It was very it was too close.
0: I mean, but for a midterm election, too, I mean. I mean, maybe people potentially vote more in the runoffs than in the midterms, but uh, I mean, yeah, it was it was about I'd say what I expect. What did he win by twenty percent, or a two hundred thousand votes?
1: Yeah, or something I just, like I that. Mean, just to even have a runoff, you know. I mean, it's just yeah. like, I mean, this dude did like he didn't have a coherent thought the whole mm-hmm. campaign trail, and for it to be like. Warnock still couldn't siphon off, you know, fifty percent over fifty percent of the vote. I mean, uh, uh, that's just that's depressing. But I mean, hell, got the got another senator out of it, yeah. Whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think too, you know, there was so much money behind uh Walker.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah.
0: that you know, and things like that as well. So Bid you, bid you farewell buddy hope you're hope you're out there and you're able to make something out of that life and
1: it is funny that I mean just like how gerrymandered, you know the South is and stuff that and all and like I said all the money being propped up with I mean it's a problem nobody in their right mind you know they have to find people brain damaged people to go spit out their rhetoric and you know mm-hmm. they have a very they have elect like a electability problem.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. I think even... So with all that in mind, you know, like with all how hard it is to vote and the fact that it's a midterm, pretty sizable. I mean, like pretty sizable victory or comfy victory there for the Warlock. But yeah, overall, I do see what you're saying. I mean, it is sad that... (laughs) Uh, that like, just goes to show on. you how the Democrats just do not speak to the people of the South, but especially the working class people to even get her to even have that in a runoff with this. You know, I mean, it's pretty sad. I will say that, you know, but yeah. who knows?
1: Warlock's a great candidate. He's a good guy. Quite...
0: <sighs> we'll see what old Warlock does. He's a reverend, right?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Old reverend yeah. <laughs> Common, <some laughs> a reverend warlock. Shaman. That's a of it. He should go as that Reverend Warlock. People would flock to that shit, man. Yeah. Reverend I'd Warlock.
1: <laughs> Episode
0: title. <laughs> oh man, so uh yeah, I got to tell you about this cuz I want to I want to see what you think about this, but I've been uh, so I was telling you I've been working through um Sight and Sound put out the list of best films of the decade. And uh, a bunch of people are mad about it. And I thought we might even maybe do an episode on this and we'll kind of see where this takes. I know we have an article that we want to talk about. But uh, anyway, Sight and Sound put out the list um, uh, and a bunch of people are upset because Gene Daleman, uh, which wasn't i believe it was maybe in the top 10 like 20 years ago or something like that upset citizen kane is like the best movie of the of all time for this decade so that's how they do it right like best movie of all time for this decade so they send out polls and ask like i think they expanded the poll of who they who they were asking but you know high list uh like directors people critics things like that like what's the best and gene Dealman was actually at the top um and it i had never seen it I'd heard about it. It's a French film and um I'd heard about it and I was like um I I knew a little bit um about it and just kind of like how it was kind of much much about uh like like feminism and also there was really just not much kind of happening uh in the film uh in general I guess um but You want the synopsis? I was thinking about it, just kind of like in terms of like the opposite of entertainment, because the way that we think about entertainment now, the marble structure, yeah. But even in like a like a user experience, right? Like you click on something. There's all. There's two on any streaming app. There's way too many damn things on there to pick from. Instant
1: satisfaction. TikTok,
0: all of that stuff. But there's way too many things on these streaming platforms to even watch anyway. It's like we got to do a cleanse. But this movie, um, Chantel Ackerman, uh, she's the director uh, and she directed this when she was 23, I think, or 25, really young. So this was her first film. And uh, it's silent, right? Well, there's dialogue in it and there's some music. But it's few and far between. Like, I would wager to say there's maybe 200 lines of dialogue through this whole three hour and 10 minute film, 15 minute film. So
1: is there transitions like I mean, like cuts or is it just like you're basically putting a camera in the room and turning it on (laughs) or both? It's
0: kind of it's kind of both. So every shot is stationary. There's no movement in the camera. Everything is stationary. But it's basically a day of in the life of this character named Gene Dielman um, who uh, lives in Brussels and uh, her husband dies and she does sex work and also raises their son. So she sees men. So the film starts. It's in three acts. It's three days. Right. Act one, act two, act three. And uh, she sees men between, like, 5 and 5.30 every night. And you watch her just go through her daily routine. And she does, like, mundane stuff. Like, the first scene is her, like, seeing a man in and closing the door and then him leaving and paying her money. And then she goes back to cooking. And then her son comes home. She feeds him, helps him with his homework. And then folds the laundry, and then goes to bed. And then the next day, you just follow her through it. And there's a twist at the end. Um, well, actually, I'll just tell you. Why don't I just yeah, tell you?
1: When, when did the movie come out?
0: Yeah, it was like in the 70s, okay, the 75. Yeah. So I'll just tell you and kind of save you this. But if you've ever watched like a day in the life on TikTok or like YouTube, that's basically what this is. Gotcha. It's a day in the life. Like, here's what I do. Like, long um, form. Totally, man. Three hours and 15 minutes. But so near the end of or near the end of the second day, uh, some things come up and she has to break her very specific routine for the day. Like it's almost like OCD level of attention that she pays to all of these things around the house, doing chores, communicating with family in Canada, uh, getting gifts. Right. Also, primarily coping with the death and grief of, of her husband. So her day kind of starts to come unraveled. She wakes up an hour early on the last day. And she set that whole scene is her just sitting on the chair, like waiting on that hour to pass so she can feel like she's going on for a day, just so rigid. And so oh my goodness, it's, it's tense like that. Like it's entertaining, but it's like not at all by our conventional sense of, of entertainment. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of people would watch this and be like, I'm not bored, but like nothing happens. You know, like nothing happens until day three.
1: It kind of reminds me a little bit of you describing it as that Windfall movie, the Jesse, Jesse Plemons and Jason Siegel movie. A little bit as far as like, I mean, Windfall, you have the synopsis of, you know, this guy breaking into this house yeah. and there's a kidnapping and all this kind of stuff. But for the most part, the camera is just kind of sitting there listening to them talk, you know, it's Mm -hmm. not some, you know, it doesn't seem it. There's a sort, there's a certain intensity to the tone, but there's not necessarily anything intense happening on camera. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like that. It also reminded me of um, the ghost or a ghost story. Have you seen that? It's like pretty much following this person around through the whole gotcha. film. I think Casey Affleck's it or whatever, but um, on day three, whenever she's like had enough, she sees them, this man and um, they're like hooking up and uh, he like kind of falls asleep on top of her and and like she's kind of stuck or whatever. Um, and and it's not really inferred to me if he's asleep or if he's like passed out or, or kind of like just in... <laughs> Yeah, he's like busted whatever. and it's just like comatose. <laughs> um, but, post uh, not coma. Post not coma, maybe. But he's laying there. She gets up. She puts on her clothes and she grabs these scissors and she stabs him in the neck. And oh kills God. him in the bed. And uh that's pretty much where the movie that's,
1: ends. Holy shit. I mean, was um, she like, like slowly starting to like decline throughout the movie or is like, do you get it? Like, has, is she a murderer?
0: Yeah. Is that I what was she's thinking, been
1: doing the whole time?
0: No, she definitely like this is definitely like her um, first. She's
1: I breaking think path. probably.
0: Yeah, I think this is her like Breaking Bad moment. This is her origin story. It's also a culmination of like grief. I think is what it's really commenting on. Loneliness, I would say is a big thing. And also, I mean, there's obviously like, like feminist undertones or overtones, even in this film, like everything that she's doing is super domestic, right? Um, like she's cooking dinner. There's a 45 minute scene of her, like making meatloaf, uh, in this movie, which is like really methodic and, and like shot super well. And, uh, And she's fantastic in it. Not that her dialogue is really anything because she doesn't talk, but just like the body language, how it's so believable, but that this is this woman's routine. And so she's going through it. And man, I think I was just thinking about like all of that thing. Like, obviously, you know, like you kill the man and that's pretty, pretty, you know, feminist thing to do there in that moment. But it's also like, lonely. And I think like about the grief of, um, intimacy and what that maybe reminds her of. There's just so much in this film, dude. It's a crazy, it's a crazy, um, it's a crazy movie.
1: That's wild. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, I have to check that out. I, I think I'd, I've seen clips of it maybe in school, but, uh, yeah, that, that's really interesting. There's a lot of there's a lot of you know shit kind of like what's going on today. That's happening in the seventies, you know. So yeah, for sure. A lot of loneliness and you know just that gritty kind of despair. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. I mean, I was, and when I watched this, I like a after it. I was like, first of all, I was like. God, that was a long movie. Like I haven't watched a movie that long in a long time. So, but I was I was thinking, like I was reading, like what people were saying about Sight and Sound, and all these directors are like super mad that like this movie. Like there was an op-ed published that was, says, um, you know, no one actually believes this is the best movie, and like no one actually believes Citizen Kane was for the last fucking fifty years either. You know, like it might be it might be excellent, but also who cares if it's the best movie? I mean, I I really I don't get these lists. So I was thinking like before this year's or this decade's list, I think there was like maybe two, if any, film, like modern, I guess, film or contemporary film, however you want to describe it, was on the list. So I was just thinking like. If we're just going to constantly look back on this golden age of cinema and talk about how good it is, why don't we just stop making movies? <laughs> you know, like like what's the point? Cuz everything is, I mean, well first of all, we're not making movies anymore, really. I mean, everything is a is a giant remake or rendition or spin-off of something else. But I mean seriously, like if Citizen Kane was the peak of cinema, then like let's let's let him have it. Like no one's trying to do like cubism since picasso did it you know and yeah. like we're not doing abstract expressionism cuz it was already good so let's like either do something different and new and put that and recognize that for what it is and y'all can rank all those movies all you want but like to try and contemporize and make everything like contemporary i mean uh like now it's like i just i just don't understand the impulse to do it other than it's just like to own people. I mean, yeah, thousands from the New York Times, thousands of teams are being pushed into military's junior uh, ROTC. In high schools all across the country, students are being placed in military classes without electing them on their own. The only word I can think of is indoctrination, one parent said, and, you know, I think you mentioned this, but like, this is spooky stuff happening here. I mean, we, we've known that the ROTC program at the high school produces school shooters. (laughs) That's, we know that that's pretty much the, uh, the, the main output of that. I mean, the, the Parkland shooter, right? he famously wore his ROTC uniform on the day he committed the murders. You know, in fact, he was like awarded awards in ROTC despite like failing any, uh, all these other classes. I mean, uh, and some of that may be attributed to a learning disability or whatever, but regardless, he was succeeding in this class. That should give you the wrong kind of message there. You know, like, um. Really and, kind of
1: and, and It's like, you know, I, I'm sorry, but it, it, this is gonna this whole the the this military complex, this military this militaristic obsession this country has that humans have or or white men have, has to come to an end at some point. And it's like, why isn't you know foreign diplomacy uh in or diplomacy in general like in Why are we teaching people how to be soldiers and not diplomats? You know, for sure. Yeah. JRTC
0: programs reading from the article uh, taught by military veterans at some 3,500 high schools across the country are supposed to be elective. And the Pentagon has said that requiring students to take them goes against guidelines. But the New York Times found that thousands of public schools were uh, public school students were being funneled into classes without having to choose them either as an explicit requirement or being automatically enrolled. So even though they're saying, you know, hey, that's against require or that's against guidelines, it seems like that's the case. I mean, but this is the kind of journalism too that like right-wing people push back on with the New York Times so much. It's like because it challenges a traditional narrative, and I don't know if it's the New York Times like marketing or their editing or the way that they kind of do this. This kind of reporting is why people push back and don't actually like it while conservatives don't don't read the New York, And there's a lot of horseshit in the New York Times. Don't get me wrong. But this is the type of journalism that kind of I think Republicans read that and they're like, oh, well, this is just anecdotal and bullshit.
1: And, yeah and and I mean too, like I don't want to completely write off you know j r o t c or the military i don't i'm not here to make like broad generalizations and you know besides like fuck the police, but the military is you know there is us you know it's not very wo- or you know woke or uh uh you know liberal of me or whatever. Uh, progressive but there is a reverence to the military and i think that's important you know and it sucks that uh during our lifetime war has been used and not that this is uniquely in our lifetime you know war has always been you know manipulated and used for personal benefit and corruption and all that kind of shit but like these people are You know, willing to die for our country. That's not overlooked, and not saying that all JROTC or ROTC people are school shooters or anything like that. But do have to look at this. And it was interesting that it said, you know, that these classes are taught by veterans. And I think, you know, when JROTC, this isn't a new program by any means. But it's like, you know, maybe when this was started, when you were actually having wars for semi justly causes and thinking like World War Two, you know, um, and those veterans may be coming to teach like that's great, you know, Nazi fighters and people. But like we're now like, you know, a A decade removed from, you know, Iraq and all that kind of stuff. And those are probably the veterans that are teaching these classes more so in that age group. Now, I would guess maybe. And that's a different military. I'm not here to knock the military, but it's like that's a different kind of culture. That's that toxic. Yeah. Masculinity. (laughs) It's culture it's also
0: yeah and it's grounded in racism it's grounded in islamophobia it's grounded in all that shit that was really popularized and propagandized whenever they were being in time 9-11 yeah yeah and all of that stuff as well i mean th- so so not to knock the new york times too much here because they do kind of double check it they say in a review of J R R T C enrollment data collected from more than 200 public Uh, records requests show dozens of schools have made the program mandatory or stealing more than 75% of students uh, in a single grade into classes, including schools in Detroit, Los Angeles, Philly, Oklahoma City, Mobile, Alabama. A vast majority of schools uh, with those high enrollment numbers were attended by a large proportion of non-white students and those from low-income households. So... We've known this to be true, though, that the military praise. I mean, we went to high school where, I mean, do you remember when the military had like they were there like religiously with those recruiting pamphlets, man? If it wasn't the army or the Marines or the Coast Guard set up in the commons, man. Well, for a lot of people, that's the
1: only viable way out of your small town. Totally. Or even to get a decent uh, paycheck. uh, Yeah. Or to go on to go to college because I mean, the the military they'll pay for your school, and like, and that's just, huh? That's just, I mean, it's just sad. I mean, it's sad. I mean, it'd be one thing if, if like the military and police and you know, all the all that kind of stuff lumped in together hadn't hasn't been so radicalized and so politicized over the last few years that it's like, I mean. Uh, I don't know. There's just that those people make me fucking nervous. There's something yeah. going on, you know. Thin blue line. Go <laughs> <to> fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, the article talks a little
0: bit too about like the the formation of the JROTC. So. Uh, The role of the JROTC in the U.S. high school has been a point of of debate since the program was founded more than a century ago. During the anti-war battles in the 70s, protests over what was seen to be an attempt to recruit high schoolers to serve in Vietnam promoted some school districts to restrict the program. Most schools dra- gradually phased out any re- uh, enrollment requirements, but 50 years later, new conflicts are emerging as parents say some sit in some cities say that their children are being forced and put into military uniforms to obey a chain of the command and to recite patriotic declarations and classes they never wanted to to take. Um. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I think that's what that that class does. I mean, they, they, they say that, you know, they promote leadership and all of that stuff, but it really is indoctrinating to these kids and particularly low income, non-white kids. Um, but especially in the area that we come from, man, it was like a tool of radicalizing these kids to, um, hate an enemy, a collective enemy, whether it be domestic or abroad, you know, like to really, um, obey that chain of command and listen to whoever's at top telling you to take orders against generally a a specific group, right. Or prescriptive kind of ideology and, uh, like hate them or blame them for kind of all your angst and your kind of emotions that you're feeling in ninth and 10th grade, especially, you know, I
1: mean, yeah, I just, I mean, and it's just, this is just such a waste of time. I mean, it's just like, I don't know. There's, it just seems, I don't, it's just, it's it all. Yeah. I mean, it's just blatant propaganda. I mean, it's just, it's just something like right out of any authoritative government's playbook of just like this state, state like program. It's weird. It's fucking weird. <laughs> totally. Totally. I mean, I don't know. I don't know about,
0: like your, your years in, in high school, but the kids who did well in JROTC or who really adopted it, I feel like needed something to kind of hold on to, like regardless of if it was like from an economic standpoint or socially, right. Or it was just something that they were like kind of good at that they were really able to kind of, you know, feel promoted in. It was those kinds of people, but then it was also the kids, like I mentioned with like the school shooter who weren't doing well in literally any other class. And they were like, even disrupt it, disruptive to like the school and like kids who were bullies or kids who like, you know, uh, really like acted out for a variety of reasons. Those people seem to be, or those students really seem to get a lot out of this. Right. Um, the high school principals here, I thought it was funny that the principals love it, uh, because, I was thinking when I was reading this, you know, like, of course, they love it. It keeps these kids out of your office. So, yeah, you, it makes your job easier because someone else is disciplining them for you. Since the high school principals who have embraced the program, say it motivates students who are struggling, teaches self-discipline to disruptive students and provide those who may feel isolated with a sense of camaraderie.
1: It's like, start, home. like start a social club like why <laughs> is it why does it have to be based in military you know yeah. I mean like uh, it's just uh, I mean crazy Cause,
0: yeah because it kind of blows the like because it is grounded in military of course it's a ret- recruitment tool like stop saying it's not it's exactly what it is Um, It's found a welcome home in rural areas where military has deep roots, but also in urban centers where educators want to divert students away from drugs and violence and towards many uh, of
1: what can be a promising career or a college scholarship. So that's a recruitment tool. If it's not a recruitment tool, (laughs) it makes it even more fucking weird. Like you're just playing army man for fun because you can't sit still in a classroom. (laughs)
0: yeah it's it's really crazy i mean they give them. i I remember like you know seeing this obviously i didn't take well rotc uh but just like having (laughs) having to um walk by and watch these kids like perform their chants and like uniform inspection and all of that stuff and like really stress about like how the uniform looked and all of that like what what actually is that teaching them is that teaching them self-discipline
1: i mean what he, I mean, I like I mean, I I get the I get the on paper, you know, like taking pride in your appearance, being responsible for your everything down to your clothes and your boots. But it's also. Um, it, it's not based in the it's not because you want to do those things, it's because you're scared of retaliation. And what's scary is when some when some of these dudes go on this, they're all power hungry. They're egotistical for most part to really get into it. You know, these these power trips and when they find out that, you know, it, well, I'm not I'm not scared of anybody yelling at me anymore. Then what what happens? You know, I mean, because it's not you're not changing people, you're making people afraid. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it, and two, like that's
0: kind of the social and, like, I guess, like curriculum of indoctrination or of how it's a recruitment tool. But then there's actually the financial part of it, how it links back to the military industrial complex itself. These people who are teaching junior ROTC classes, um, or JROTC classes, sorry, have their salary subsidized partly by the government and partly by the school system. It's like, so the government's paying some of their wages and then they're doing all of this funny stuff where they praise the country and talk about a common enemy and do shooting class and all of that. And you're telling me that it's not a recruitment tool, you know, and this just comes on the back of like the house passing, you know, an $858 billion defense bill. Right, which basically increases the budget by forty five billion dollars over, over the military,
1: over the president's request.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's like it, it, it's just obviously they're hungry to fill these
1: seats to get these people. Because I mean, and that, I don't and know. That, and to put that in context, that defense bill would rescind rescind the Pentagon's mandate that troops receive the coronavirus vaccine. Oh, that's in there. Best believe that that's in there. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and, but it's just like, I mean, you're, you're spending a trillion dollars, you know, on something that is moving essentially backwards. Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, there's so many, there's so,
0: so much of this, but it's just, it's, it's truly insane. Like how they, they piggyback on this idea of teamwork and the, all of these kinds of like, holistic teaching philosophies and they basically just put it in a nationalist context and pawn it off as it's a, as if it's some big community service or some big educational feat that they're now getting these kids who wouldn't graduate to graduate so that they can either go fight in a war or go do something else like this, you know, police or whatever. Um, it really is, a I mean, I don't see how you could look at it and not think that it's not a military um, kind of.
1: I mean, that's just I mean, that's just stupid. And I mean, I just, you know, again, like teaching kids about teamwork, responsibility, you know, um, respecting authority, you know, that's that's important. And but it should just be because of you know, because of the the fact that those things are important, it, they're not just important because that helps you defeat an enemy. It's because teamwork is a good thing to have. You know, it's it's a good thing to follow rules. Some you know, and and you know, take pride in yourself. You know, that that's great. But you should just want to do that because you want to do that, not because you have some fucking jarhead yelling in your ear to do it and that, you know, it's important your country's national security depends on it. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man.
0: I mean, this article is long as shit. So I don't think we'll be able to get through
1: all of it. Um but uh there was like, like oh more... you can't you can't fund theater programs. Like people have to donate You know, know, these theaters and art programs, they have to rely on donations and drives and all this kind of stuff to get costumes for their school plays. And if this isn't a recruitment, like, well, why is the government help subsidizing fucking soldier costumes to high schools across America? You know, like totally it's, it's make believe.
0: Yeah, and I mean the right wants to constantly talk about grooming and how the left grooms these this idea of like gender affirming and things yeah. like that. But like this is the most blatant, obvious I, It's a, of it's a
1: mandated government military class. Like I mean, what's you know that's yeah. it's this like by the right's argument, that's the same thing as having a, a gender class, right? And
0: it's also like it's authoritarian and these people think that uh these right-wing people who really obviously shit on like north korea and things like
1: that um and you know like
0: it it, it, you're doing the same
1: thing like what are you doing man? china and stuff and it's like this is you could just see this in china you know i mean it's like what what are we doing this is stupid yeah so um the program has led pushback from
0: uh, uh, led to pushback from civilian teachers, some of whom have been uncomfortable with the military posters and recruitment on campus and the curriculum. One of the textbooks obtained by The Times, um, one of the Navy states that the U.S military oh, or sorry, of one of the, of the textbooks obtained by and examined by the Times, one from the Navy states that the U.S military victory in Vietnam, was hindered by restriction of political leaders that had placed tactics uh, that the military could use. This That hawkish interpretation of the war fails to account for the fundamental problem that many civilian textbooks point out, the lack of popular support among South uh, Vietnamese and their government, which was uh, America's chief ally in the war. A Marine Corps textbook describing the Trail of Tears during 1830 fails to mention that thousands of people died when Native Americans were forced into their land in the southeast United States. I mean, that's grooming.
1: Yeah, and it's and it's just so funny, like the the snowflake dig on liberals and all this kind of stuff, and the military bro culture still can't own up to the fact that one, we lost Vietnam. <laughs> uh, you can't say it makes no sense. The U S uh, victory was hindered how victory hindered What, what kind of fucking shit is that? It's like, it's just, it's all the rot does is just project, just project onto the left. Yeah, they're they're
0: insanely triggered by all this stuff. So they it's all reactionary bullshit, Um, as if to say all of this actually isn't how all the libs want you to believe it. It actually is more nuanced than that, which is like the same argument that I remember hearing in terms of the Civil War here was like, oh, it was actually uh, wasn't even fought about slavery. It was fought about the economy. And it was just like, homie, those things were like, (laughs) those things are the same thing in that in that context. So. Fuck off. I don't know, man. I I was just thinking, like, maybe Mel Gibson could make a movie about, like, someone, like, going in and basically joining a junior ROTC and then, like... It's called Full Metal Jacket.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> That's Kubrick.
1: The, um, I just, like, I just... Uh, it's just, they're just, it's just like, you know, they're doing they're doing the same thing that they're actively saying that the left is trying to do. And they're, they've, they've been doing it. They're doing it like changing the curriculum, watering it down or, or twisting it to fit their rhetoric. And it's, and that's why they're pushing back so hard is because they, they've been in control of that for a long time, you know, and nobody, has yet the democrats included they have they everybody shine away from education reform in this country and nobody really wants to talk about that and like you know they everybody you know with the crt stuff and all that like i mean it i, I it's just a cesspool of just i mean it's so outdated you're having kids automatically being signed up for jrotc like Fuck that. Like, we're in bad shape. We're in bad shape, man. That's for sure. Um,
0: yeah. I don't know if there's really anything else to say about that. I mean, like, we know uh, that these programs really target uh, schools in lower income areas or with a non-white population and really, like, are predatory on these kids. And it's 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 a damn shame that, uh, you know, like, at the end here... One student like really feels pressured into into signing up because they pitched this idea of free college to her, and she, uh, you know, uh, filled out the initial paperwork, and then lured by promises of recruiters who had visited the school, uh, but she said she was never serious, and ultimately stuck to her plan to pursue a, uh, a civilian career in healthcare. Miss Thomas now is a freshman in college and she no longer responded to the rec- recruiter, though she still heard from him. He still texts me to this day. So it's like literally the tax collectors <laughs> of the military that just will not leave these people alone as if they because they took some sort of class in high school. They're indebted to this service in um, the military. It's like so silly. Yeah. These people back are kids, off. man. Back off my cock. Seriously, these people are kids. It's, it's, are these
1: kids or kids, people? Yeah. You're <laughs> worried about drag shows and, you know, you're, you're trying to give a, you know, 13 year old or whatever the fuck you are in JRTC a, a fucking name tag and an M16. <laughs> cool. A name tag and an M16. Well, uh, Anything else on this? No, I think uh I you think gonna, that did me in.
0: You gonna watch uh Jack Ryan or you feel inspired
1: to join the military after that? I guess I'll enlist. I mean <laughs> yeah, they, and watch the world burn from the inside of the gate, but I don't know. This is just, I I really do hope that. You know, we live long enough to see the end of this bullshit. Dude, we can only hope. We can only hope that this
0: ends soon. Um, With this and the (laughs) Daily Wire Plus streaming service, man, we don't stand a chance.
1: (laughs) We're doomed. We're doomed. General strike.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, um, all right. Got anything else? No, I'm good. John, I feel that peace follow us along on Twitter bad bad
1: pod follow us on Twitter subscribe to Patreon we'll have uh, some more episodes on Patreon soon
0: Yeah, patreon backslash mutual destruction yeah share the podcast with your friends
1: um leave us five stars on Spotify and Apple write a review do all those fun. things do all those things alright but most importantly float
0: yeah float Float, float,
1: float. I made easy boost moves in my rebox And ain't gon' never stop Tryna run a beat up until my ankle pop Yeah You get rich and have problems that you never stop And brain tears know we came up out the same my heart. Made it out of trenches it got harder for my niggas I just wanna see my dog ball self figures I done got it rich in the curse Ever since I got the sense for the